sir. We promised you a great man. Andre, the SGG. Did we get a remix? Rewise, Hanakta! Although I stepped on the end because there's a bleep there that I, uh, I, I missed the last note there because I was so excited to play the Morris drop. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, by the way, Greg, that he says shoot arrow. 99%. <laughs> uh, RJ agrees. Shout out to RJ who's uh, producing us today. RJ agrees. That is an arrow, not an era. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. Shout out to, yeah. shout out to EJ Ruby, who did the original theme and the remix. Now, if you listen very close, I'm just going to play the first 10 seconds of the remix again. Greg, listen to all the little subtleties to making it like the NWO version of the, of the song, okay? Listen close. Oh, there, there we go. Oh, it's official. Start off the only way it can. <laughs> Uh, thanks, RJ. You're the best, dude. Sirens are play- are, are there. That means you know it's time. So yeah, listen close to the subtleties that he that he did here. Today is the beginning. Did you hear that? The ch- yeah, I did. The- I heard it the first time. Ju- 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 it's so fire. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! We are uh, guys. I promise you, we're not playing around. With this shoot era SGG and coming up in about, we'll do about 20 minutes and then I guess we'll do some live watch along, um, with the Saudi show. I mean, we don't have to make it, you know, all of that, but I want to keep an eye on it. Yeah. We don't have to do the whole six hours. No, no, no. I'm thinking more like 20 minutes, but I, um, one, I'm very curious to see if they open with the 50 man battle royal. I'm so when I saw that when I saw them advertising that I was like okay I mean 
gosh, this guy, this, this, this Saudi crowd is hard to please. Yeah, I am curious to see where they put that because that is going to be just insane. Dare, I don't know how they fit 50 guys in the ring. I know. It's, at one time. It's, dare I say, ludicrous. Um, so but before we get to, uh, the best and worst from the week, a lot, Greg, it was, fr- how frustrating was it when you saw like one article about the show? Like there was like one that was accurate, I think, from cage side seats. And then everything, yeah. everything else I saw just literally looks like they read their headline and then made up another story. Yeah, I got texts on the side. My boys text me. It was like, so is the show done? Like Rosenberg, did he quit WWE? I'm like, no, he's, he's still under contract. First of all, that's, he did not ever at any point say that he quit or that he got fired. He, all he said was that he was done doing the pre-shows and cheap heat is still going on. And then they were like, all right, I guess I should listen to the show then. But I know that, but they were reading the headlines and they saw the I tweets mean, on social media that, that said that you got fired. I know. Fired, quit. I was like, all it took, it was only the first 10 minutes of the show. I get it. It's boring. I'm rambling, but I mean, <laughs> right. it just, it was 10 minutes in which I said that I wasn't, that they didn't ask me to do the kickoff shows again. So it really wasn't that deep. I mean, and then I got, I want to read one email before we jump right to the show. I think this is worth responding to. And this, I'll get it out of my system because we got mostly just awesome, positive feedback. But I, this was interesting. And I thought, even though it was negative, I thought worth responding to SGG. So I'm going to read it uh, real quick. Let me see. Where did it go? Oh, yeah. Here we go. He says, keeping it 100 and you and you won't like it. Hmm. All right. So watch out because he's saying right off top that I am not. He set the tone. Yeah. Male. Good middle of the week, sweet Pete, and the man of 1,000 subpoenas, a.k.a. Greg, to read that word. I don't get it. I don't get what that part means. Ask Greg to read that word. But you got it. I'm sorry. Ask Greg to read that word. So so he's already starting out with a double insult. He's already thinks I'm an idiot. And and then I mistaked ask for AKA, so I guess I proved that right. Um, he said, uh, by the way, shout out to Dipperstein, who I'm not, I doubt I'll talk to before he hears this. And because Dipperstein loves every hip hop sound effect, I, I know he's popping galore for the, for the gun shot. <laughs> um, all right, good middle of the week. As I've written you guys before, I, uh, um, I feel I need to be honest with Cheap Heat regarding last week's show. It was not a good look for Rosenberg. Please tell me which part I have wrong. One, Peter, and maybe Cheap Heat as a whole, has been pulling its punches on the WWE because Pete works there. Two, Pete does not tell the audience that there has been this change. Three, Pete essentially gets fired from the WWE. Four, Pete and Cheap Heat enter the shoot era... And we, as an audience, are told no more pulling of punches. This is not a good look. It makes it seem like you sold out what you believed in, and when the WWE was no longer buying, you decided to keep it real. On the show where you claim to be keeping it 1,000, your greatest criticism for is for the commentary of AEW rather than anything that WWE was doing. Cough, cough, Saudi show, cough, cough. Can you understand why it's difficult to believe that Cheap Heat is an objective wrestling-based podcast? If in six months WWE comes back and wants to collaborate, are you guys going to change again? I thought we were getting your unvarnished thoughts on the product, but I guess we were not. 
How will you convince the fans that you're being truthful and 1,000 in the future? I think it's the term is generally keeping it 100, but whatever. Um, stat guy, keep being the lawyer you are, my man. We'll meet up at a bench and bar event one day. Regards, Alex. So real quick. Uh, Peter and Cheap Pete as a whole have been pulling its punches on the WWE because Pete works there. That's number one. And number two is Pete does not tell the audience that there has been this change. One and two is called don't be an idiot. One and two is called just be reasonable. I mean, I think I was as critical as I was capable of being. I was um, certainly more critical than Sam. God bless him. But I love Sam. I mean, Sam's, Sam jokes. Shill, Sam, shill. I'm way more critical of the product than Sam's ever been before, even when he got the thing. So it's not as if I became a shill, but Greg, did it really need explanation to our audience that I might be a little bit more guarded when I have to promote? How much am I going to bash a pay-per-view if I'm working that pay-per-view? I had to announce that. Also, I I, I think you said that too. Like, I think you, you made it clear that like when when you would walk up to the line and just like, all right, I'm not going to cross this line, but without crossing this line, this is what I feel about X, Y, Z. I feel like there have been, there've been plenty of times where, where you've said that, like, look, I don't think this is a good look. This is not how I would have done it, but without crossing, crossing that line and getting myself fired. Uh, this is what I think about whatever the subject was. And you know, the Saudi show is a good example because we did touch on, Touch on uh, I, the crown jewel, and I and we, and we very clearly said we didn't think it was great. I mean, listen, I I I am not going to be. I can't always. Also, we can't always give you the answers that you want. You may also just want me to come out and be like the Saudi show is wrong. Never do it. But I'm think I, I I under this is a this is a business that is so based on money, and there's so much money there, and there are so many other American businesses who make money there. And in plenty of other places, by the way, that have questionable laws and treatment of different people. So, yeah, of course I have mixed feelings about the Saudi show. If I had been absolutely disgusted and I knew it was just immoral and completely wrong, then maybe I would have quit working there. I didn't feel that way. I I, I had mixed feelings on it. But I just feel like to have to explain to the audience that I now you know, I'm in a slightly different position to talk about an upcoming pay-per-view when I'm going to be on the kickoff show selling that pay-per-view. That shouldn't require, that doesn't require explanation if you're, if you have a brain. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. Um, and, and yeah, I, I was, I, he basically, basically what that email did, I think it's interesting. I, it's a re, they were reasonable thoughts to have, but it was basically taking my honesty and telling me to shove it. Yeah. I was very clear and transparent. And by the way, Greg, how many times did I say on the podcast that as I did the podcast as a means to an end, I always wanted to be a part of the product. I said that many times. <laughs> yeah. So I think you said that since before I before I uh before I even popped on the podcast. So listen, if you're not here for the shoot era, listen, part of the shoot era is I don't care. <laughs> Goodbye. So long. Um but we do have a lot to get to, Greg, and I want to start off with playing uh, the weirdest part of the sh- of, of Raw this week, or the, uh, SmackDown, I should say. Do you know where I'm going to go? Okay. I have no idea where you're going to go. Here we go. And I'm going to have Morris do some commentary on this, by the way. Lars, you 
have been on quite the rampage since your debut. The WWE Universe would like to know what drives a man like you to do the things that you do. I see. Uh huh. You're hurting me. I'm not crazy about it. <laughs> Would you ever ask a nightingale why they sing their sweet song? Oh, I'm sorry. Would you ever ask a lion why they methodically stalk their prey before sinking their teeth into flesh and viciously ripping it apart? Then why would you ever ask what drives a man like me? I know, I know. What? Because I've come to realize... That I am no man. I know, I know. For my entire life, I've been described by one word. Do you know what that word is, Kayla? He's not a winner. Freak. You're hurting me. This, Greg, this is now, I, I can't even do it any longer. <laughs> when a lion... Okay, performs- this is... I mean, it's bad enough. The guy's um, Reddit history is bad enough. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess they had to give him a chance and see if he could be a character on his own. I said from the very beginning, this guy has modern-day Snitsky, the late Snitsky. Not like late, like he passed, like, uh, the later career Snitsky written all over. Right, right. Like just this, oh, he's a freak. Look at him. But he's a, but he's freakishly bad. I, I mean, couldn't, there's nothing. Couldn't have said it any better. There, he's freakishly bad. There's nothing happening here, guys. His, this is the most obvious example of someone who you get why they have to do something with him because he's big and he's athletic. It's been going now for two months. There's nothing. And I'm not saying, I know it's too early to pull the plug on someone you've developed for a while. Um, is it though? No, I mean, not for me. I'd be fine with it, but I get why they wouldn't, I guess I'll say. But I mean, I mean, today in, uh, in the Saudi show, he had, he's against the Lucha house party. I mean, I don't even understand that, by the way. If they were really serious about him, wouldn't you just have him win the 50-man battle royal? Yeah, that's what I would do. I mean, it's definitely, like I've been saying with Lars all this time, It for me it feels ill-advised to have his biggest feuds be against people he he uh, spewed such vitriol against in this history that you're trying to step away from. I wouldn't have him beating up um, minorities and... and Attacking Jeff Hardy, knowing that those were people he targeted online back in the day. But hey, that's just me. The 50-man battle royal, I feel like, would be a better place for him. You can hide him amongst 49 other people. Can you imagine, by the way, uh, Greg, this man had... And by the way, we we sort of slipped... It sort of slipped between the cracks on the show. 
when all the stuff came out. Like I saw the, I saw, we talked about that there was something and I hadn't seen everything yet. And then when you see everything, let's skip past, um, the ridiculous, offensive, anti everything stuff that he had online. Okay. Let's, right. let's not even bother with that. How dare you come out of your mouth sideways about Jeff Hardy? What the hell have you done except so far bomb on TV, bro? Who the hell? Jeff Hardy? You're going to open, you're going to fix your lips about a guy. And now I know he was making fun of his uh, addiction problems, which again, adds to the list of just endless offensive stuff. But I'm, I'm putting that aside just to keep it wrestling. Don't fix your lips to talk about Jeff Hardy. That dude has done it on every single level at the highest level imaginable. It, it didn't stop either. Like it wasn't just Jeff Hardy. Like he he had words for Kofi and our truth. What did he say about um, Kofi and his WWE champion? Right. He was just like um, the only reason they're paired together is because they're black and like their gimmick is just being black gangbangers. Mind you, Kofi's never had a gangbanger gimmick, and I don't think our truth has either. Aside from just like. His clothing choice, you could associate with Urban. No, our truth, our truth just has a bad gimmick. It's it's not it's not gangster at all, <laughs> right? And the, and then when AJ was signed, um, I guess somebody on one of these message boards asked him if he thought AJ was going to succeed in WWE. He goes, "Nope, too small." Nailed it, bro. Well done. But yeah, strap a rocket on this guy. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe he could turn it around. No. He hasn't yet. And he's just, I'll say that. I, um, no. Oh, I'm sorry. He's not a winner. Not going to happen. Um, I'll guarantee it. Write it down right now. Never going to happen. I don't know him. Maybe he was drunk when he said all those things. Maybe he's not the bad guy that he totally seemed like he is on the message boards. Probably is the bad guy he seems to be, but um, sorry, this isn't a scorching hot take, but it's a take nonetheless. It's not happening for Lars Sullivan. It has not been happening. It's not going to happen. So he can beat up on Lucha House Party. My favorite thing would be if he just jobs to Lucha House Party and that's it today. They end it. I would love it. I would love it. They just absolutely bash, just destroy him and end it. Um. So, there was that, which was weird. There was uh, the Goldberg promo on Tuesday, which obviously I understand why you had to do it, but like, it didn't it didn't do anything for me. Also, I wish Goldberg didn't go- grow the gray beard. Yeah, I, was, I had the same thought. Like Mike Tyson now has a big gray beard. It it, it I know this is the most obvious thought of all time. A newsflash. A big gray beard really makes you look older. <laughs> like, there are all kinds of things that can make you look older. Nothing more so than a big gray beard. And I w- But I will say this, though. Go ahead. I'm glad he didn't go the Kevin Nash route and, and go the other way with it and then just do the obviously dyed um, black beard or, like, because then that just makes you look older and insecure about it. 
Agreed. It's better than that. But how about just and that's how about not just shave? You weren't famous for having a beard. He had the goatee though. He had to keep the goatee. True. At least. True. Uh, but even a gray goatee would be cool. Be fine. A little Scott Steiner or Jays. Mm. By the way, the kickoff show, which they're doing um, from Stanford with Charlie, uh, my boy David Otunga, and Beth Phoenix, um, the first match that I saw, and they may have had one earlier, was the Usos in action. I won't give you the results, but they threw the Usos. So I wonder if that means the Usos, the Usos still have to be in the 50-man. They can't. I can't imagine they have 100 people overseas. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I don't know. I don't think they would put them in the 50-man battle royal. It doesn't make sense to me that they would do that, but... I just feel like you got to use everybody. The Can-Am Connection might be in there today. Who knows who we're going to get? Rock and Roll Express. Maybe. I, um, do we think Hogan appears today? Most likely. He was at Crown Jewel. So, if By the way, if you're going to use Hulk Hogan, um, have him do something. I mean, I know they literally, of everything they do that is the opposite of what we say on this show, the use of Hogan may be the worst, the most glaring example. It's always the same thing. It's just it's just coming out and putting over whatever the event is or the network. Well, let me tell you something, brother. What else would you have him do, though? I mean, I'd, I'd have him sit at home. Well, I, we, we know how, that's just me. We know how you would feel, Greg. Um, I, I, you can't have him sit at home for this show. I mean, it's a show where they're paying Undertaker and Goldberg, so you can imagine they need every big name. I don't know. He can't do the Battle Royal. <laughs> no, he's he will die. They could toss him out. You uh, listen. A pro wrestler does not forget how to take the bump over the top rope, or or someone could toss him out and have people catch him. Do something. Right, but that's dependent on people catching him and then like he's still a big dude. He is he, um if they can barely if they can barely catch the cruiserweights when they come off to, um over the top rope, nobody they're not gonna catch Hogan. No matter how many guys you have out there, like he's going to hit his head on something. Toss him out and have the iconics try to catch him. <laughs> um so SGG, uh this week. What was there anything that stood out to you that you oh well we have to say one more thing that was just insane. What the hell is the point of promoting Brock cashing in and then he doesn't cash in? I mean I know the point, get people to watch, but how many times can you just lie to people? Yeah, I mean I don't know. Hopefully he actually does cash in today oh he will today i'm sure he will today but really why they do a pre-promotion all weekend he's cashing in it's official friday friday he might as well have been like at the pay-per-view which is available on the wwe network the first (laughs) month is free friday come on man that Always free for new subscribers. Always free for new subscribers. And then only $9.99 a month, the best value in entertainment. I'll do it then. You're here. I'm here. Let's do this. 
So we had a no cash in by Brock in spite of the fact that he beat the living hell out of Seth Rollins. Um, Which I did enjoy that beating. and um, It was well done. I'm with you too about the cash in. Like I, I'm a fan of the announced cash ins. Uh, I don't think they do it enough. Um, but don't announce it and then take it back. If you announce it, you got to do it. Sorry, I'm finishing a cookie. At some point, it just becomes ludicrous. I just can't now hear anything you're telling us. It just means nothing. So yeah, they definitely backed themselves into a corner on that one. Um, here's something I liked. Um, first of all, I didn't hate the um, arm wrestling match. Oh no, me either. I really enjoyed that. Thought that was well done by Braun and Bobby Lashley. And um, I'll tell you what, I think those are two guys who actually present an interesting match together. I think they're two guys who have very few people where watching them work is particularly interesting. And the two of them together is interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about who, like, who leads that match, how that match flows, you know, how it would be laid out. But... I, I do, especially after that arm wrestling match, I'm with you that, that it could be interesting. And I'm interested to see what they do. So I'll tell you what I liked. I really enjoyed um, the Alexa Bliss turn to being friends with Nikki Cross. Now. I did until Tuesday. Wait, what happened Tuesday? She was like same old Bliss on SmackDown. So it was like she turned and it seemed like she was Oh, that she was babyface bliss, but then with Bailey she was bad guy bliss. Right. Which says to me that there's gonna be a knife there's a knife pointed at uh Nikki Cross's back right now is when it goes in is yet to be seen, but Well maybe maybe there's still feels like it's definitely happening. I could argue the opposite though, that they're allowing it to just move slow and that even though she likes Nikki Cross, that doesn't make her an all out um, babyface. And by the way, Alexa Bliss ends up winning the triple threat with Charlotte and Carmella because of the wild card rule. Um, and so Alexa gets herself a title opportunity against Bailey at what's the next pay per view called? Rock Bottom? <laughs> Stomping Ground. Bottoms up. Stomping Ground. So, uh, we'll finally see Alexa Bliss back in a championship match. That's good news. Um, but I like, in spite of Tuesday, I liked how Monday felt. I thought the way that Alexa came to being friends with Nikki made a little bit of sense. And even though Dipperstein hates how Nikki Cross is like this wild animal in the ring, and then outside the ring, she's just like, oh, hello, I'm Nikki Cross. I'm just a regular girl. <laughs> and it drives him crazy because he lives kayfabe only. Um, I do think the way that they've gotten to that friendship is makes sense. And I think a, a big part of that is just how good and believable Alexa Bliss is, period. Um, she makes things that could otherwise be stupid um, believable. Um, and the match with Carmella and Charlotte and Alexa was pretty good. I uh, wasn't mad at that either. Yeah, that twisted Bliss onto Charlotte yeah, while, while she was, she was uh, in the finishing move, I thought was was fantastic. Yeah, I really I like that a lot. It's just good to see Alexa to see her wrestling again is is cool. 
So we'll get that. Speaking, speaking of um, Alexa wrestling again, there was talk of Alexa and Natalia, according to PW Insider, having a match on uh, the show today. And- but it, just like moments before we recorded, uh, a bunch of outlets were reporting that that was canceled. The Saudi government put the kibosh on that. Is that the reason? Because uh, Renee is on commentary. Renee was on commentary for Crown Jewel, though. She was? She was. Totally forgot so, about that. Wow. My bad. That. You know what I have to say about that's that? That's not too surprising. Oh, here. I'm but, sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the government, I guess they, for whatever reason, they didn't want, they didn't want the two women to have their match. That's disappointing. That would have been a good match. Yeah. Agreed. And, um, it definitely would have, that's a, that's a situation where everybody wins. WWE wins and, um, the Saudi government, I would hate to call it a win, but it's definitely good PR for them. I suppose. Wow. So not allowed. I do have that confer that information confirmed. They went all the way there. Yeah. Can we talk about the Seth Rollins gimmick infringement for a second, too, by the way? Uh-oh. You know what this is about to get. Because... Hold on. Hold on. You... Go ahead. You... Now, you don't watch the Marvel movies, right? That So you're not you're not too deep into it. But uh, former NXT champion, Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling, mm-hmm. has, uh, for the most part, every one of his big matches, he comes out with an homage to um, a Marvel movie. At TakeOver was Captain Marvel. And now we have uh, Seth Rollins out with his Avengers, uh, homage to the Avengers. And, like, that's that's the gimmick infringement, right? You can't do Johnny Champion like that. You knew at some point uh, Johnny Gargano was going to come out with the Avengers Quantum Realm suit. So you're... And because you're on the biggest stage. So you're... So you're... You're saying that Seth Rollins... Um, gimmick infringed before Johnny Gargano could gimmick infringe. Right, exactly. exactly. Yo, there's an order. There are levels to this gimmick infringement, son. Exactly. You got Marvel, and then you got Johnny, and then whoever wants it after that can have it after that. Didn't even realize that, but that is a, bomb, at SGG, yeah. that's why we have you. That's a very you thing to point out, and I'm glad you did. Um, oh, wait, by the way, we are officially past start time of the show, and it appears like, uh, Baron Corbin is making his way to the ring. By the way, now that he has a logo on his vest, does that mean they're gonna sell the vest? <laughs> Who's gonna buy the vest, though? How dare you? How dare you? So, you know what I, you know what I think it means though. I think it means they're gonna open up another WWE restaurant, and then they have the official uniform for the for the staff. Ooh, that would be a good idea because it is a waiter outfit. So yeah. the the show's opening uh, looks like Seth Rollins is in the ring, bandaged up. Baron Corbin has now come to the ring. 
Renee, who is, you've never seen more covered ever in life. Uh, you know what's not right? The Saudi announced team, um, are calling it in Arabic. Sultan Al-Habi, Faisal, something else. Oh, they apparently just made some sort of joke about Renee because they cut back to Renee. So, so the Spanish announced team gets no love. They're just bounced by the Arabic announced team. Yo, it might be time for them to, wow. it might be time for them to have their own shoot era moment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Spanish announced team tired of the nonsense. What, just because we're in Saudi Arabia now we had to take a back seat? Um, I'm curious to see who, if their announced table goes down first too. Cause you know, if that was a Spanish announced table, they, they are going to get up out of there. So if the Saudi, if the Arabic announced table lasts longer than the uh, English announced table, you already know. If I'm if I'm a member from the Spanish announced team, I got a problem. Yeah, what if the what if the Saudi announced table got like exploded by a wrestler and then all of a sudden the wrestler was just dragged off and you never heard from him again? <laughs> Am I not allowed to make that joke? Which wrestler though? I, I guess it depends. Well, maybe that could be the way you get rid of Hulk Hogan for good. You could be thrilled with that stat. Yeah, I'll take it. So you weren't you weren't um Hogan's uh makeup with Big E didn't do anything for you? No, because I'm not Big E. But, but Hogan, I mean, did the details of the conversation? The details of the conversation weren't didn't didn't uh, do anything for you. No. Um, besides, Hogan insulted, you know, every every African American, every black person. So him like going on these individual apology tours to like rack up allies is not as effective to me. As him publicly confronting what he said, which he has yet to do. He's made excuses for it. Um, he's run away from it. He's no, I agree. Blocked people who tried to hold him to task for it. But a person like a Big E or like a Mark Henry or like a Booker T, these are people that he has to answer to. Right. So him, him, um, you know, Make it nice with people that he has to make nice with does nothing for me because this is something that he has to do. He's not going out of his way to make amends for it. He's not making himself as uncomfortable as he made other people. It's a good point. So it's not, it's not doing anything for me because he's just, he's just basically checking the boxes and going through the motions. And, you know, while Big E did get to probably have a productive conversation with him about it. Big E still just went through the motions with him, and um, that's not that's not enough. Well, there you have it. If you want an update on where is Stack Guy with Hulk Hogan, he's in the exact same place, and I understand. Uh, so it's Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin to kick off the main show at Super Showdown. And I forgot to mention at the beginning of this show, today's podcast is a WrestleMania equivalent level podcast. It's either better than WrestleMania or WrestleMania equivalent, SGG. Yeah, I, I hate that so much. It's it's disgusting. It is disgusting. You cannot call anything WrestleMania. First of all, you nothing should be compared to WrestleMania. Second of all, right. saying better or equivalent, it's just the worst. Who thought of that? Who thought that was the writing you should use? That's how you should describe something. No one describes an event like that. 
No, no, it, it doesn't. It doesn't do justice for either event. It makes both events right. look smaller. It's completely bass backwards. It makes no sense whatsoever. So I don't get that. SGG, you know what else we didn't talk about last week really uh, very much was the Moxley uh, interview with Chris Jericho. Right. Yeah, we didn't touch on that. Um, and he uh, had an interview with Wade Keller, a two-part interview with Wade Keller that followed up the Chris Jericho interview. Moxley did? Moxley did, yeah. He did another interview? He did another interview, oh. this time a two-parter. That's a lot. Did you listen to that too? I listened to the first half, um, but Wade's, Wade Keller's podcast is a lot to get through with just the the dearth of ads. Like, oh my, uh, first every, and then he reads every single word of every single ad too, and and with perfect diction. Yeah. The WWE, welcome, welcome to the podcast, John Moxley. Let's talk about your run on WWE. We'll talk about SmackDown, and by the way, you can join uh, and be a member right now if you become a member for just a few dollars. You can see. Past issues of the torch. This month we are focusing on June 1997 when Brett Hitman Hart was in the middle of a feud with Shawn Michaels. You can read my interview and article from that day. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And why did he need a follow up? Why did he need a follow up? I just don't really know. (laughs) I don't know. Well, the, the Talk is Jericho interview was conducted before he debuted. At um, at double or nothing, and then this interview was supposed to be, I guess, uh, follow up for his double or nothing debut. But then, because of the Jericho podcast, it ended up going in a different direction. I'll do a mix. I'm 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 going to do our read now. I'm going to do it as a mix of Chris Jericho and Wade Keller. Okay. I would like to thank our sponsor this week, Vivid Seats. Don't settle for waiting in line. Shop for tickets to every game with the official ticket partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats. At Vivid Seats, you can see your seats before you buy them, and they're backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. Jericho would be more like, so just scroll down the page at Vivid Seats. I'm trying to think of the other what the Jericho-isms that he finds hilarious. Scroll through the page. At VividSeats.com, if you're trying to get seats to anything. For example, I'm going to the uh, Game 5 of Raptors Warriors. <laughs> if you want to get tickets to that, unlikely you'll find them. So go to Vivid Seats. Head over to Vivid Seats right now and scroll on your page until you find it. Maybe even if you want WWE tickets. So uh, shout out to Vivid Seats. Check them out. Don't wait online. Go to Vivid Seats. Uh, still checking out, by the way, Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins. I got to tell you, this is not a WrestleMania or WrestleMania equivalent match, SG. No. Are you watching? No. I am watching. I mean, it's a it's a title match, so I guess... It's a Monday Night Raw equivalent match. But, uh... Um, let's, let's, let's call Dipperstein real quick and see if, uh... What do you have to say? It's the wild card. After all, it is the wild card episode, as always. Let's see. We'll see if he answers. Oh no. Oh no no no. Oh. I I could be in my car, I could be in my office, <laughs> I could be an agent, I could be I don't know what I am. I don't know what's going on. 
You, well, you're in the car, confirm, because it's the loudest signal in the business today. Oh, shit. <laughs> now you're cursing? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why are you so hoarse? Are you are you drunk? What's going on, Dipperstein? No, I'm sick. I'm sick. I got sick this week. Oh, you sick as a dog? I'm sick as uh, a dog of Jays. You're a dog of Jays? I'm sick as a cat. Um. By the way, I want to let you know, just so you know, you right now are on a podcast that is equivalent to a WrestleMania podcast or better. It's better or equivalent to a WrestleMania podcast. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I see. Yeah, you finally got it. I he see, fi- uh-huh. He's he's getting it. There we, I'll play it. I see. Uh-huh. Okay. Um All right, we just What's wanted going to say on? What's uh, No, we're we're talking uh we were just about to talk about the John Moxley interview. I did not know he did a follow up with Wade Keller. Um, I did not. E- I did not either. I did not either. I, I was so bored by the first one that I, I didn't. I didn't even think about listening to a second. By the way, not a lot of people know this. He did a, a follow a third interview with Helen Keller. Ah, uh, well. By the way, it, it would this. It's the equivalent to whatever my audience would be. Well said. That didn't even make sense. No, it didn't. Um. <laughs> But you, you Dip buries himself right away. But Dip, you, you are among yes. the the small minority of which yes, I'm sir. of which I'm included that did not think Moxley said anything particularly profound. Here's the deal. Here we go. I understand. I understand. hold on. Let me hit the let me hit the gunshot because it is the shoot era. Hold on. Go ahead. Here's the deal. I understand its significance in that people very rarely say anything negative publicly about Vince McMahon. But the truth, and I understand that that is a, you know, somewhat monumental in, in some capacity. But for a smart like me, and for the TP universe, would, did he say anything revelatory whatsoever? Oh, the product's bad. Oh, the, the creative process is tough. I, the, sit, I sit around all day and they change ideas on me. Yeah, yeah, I go and I get a, someone, a writer hands me a script I don't like. I mean, this is, these are basic things that we know. Every wrestler has this complaint. Everybody has the same issues. And I got news for you. Ambrose is not so great where he needs to be, you know, complaining and moaning and groaning about every little waking detail of his character. I mean. Well, as different. still up. At Dipperstein, you're, we're losing your signal a little bit, but you may you 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 set it off very well. I mean, we had a big argument in the group chat, the Jew World Order group chat, um, because Andrew Gold yeah. Andrew Goldstein basically treated Dean Ambrose leaving and talking. He like he, it was almost as if Hulk Hogan left in 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 1990. Um, right, right. I, I just don't understand that either. And he's like, well, he, Goldstein was saying, well, he's part of the Shield, and the Shield makes tons of money. He's hitting Vince right in the pocketbook. They just did a Shield reunion. Do you know where it maxed out? It maxed out by headlining the Fakakta pay-per-view right before WrestleMania that no one paid attention to after Elimination Chamber. That's where that's where they just had the Shield. The Shield was not going to be around for a while. So Dean Ambrose would have been what Dean Ambrose has been, a high mid-card guy. That's who Dean Ambrose is. And if he'd never been in the Shield, I don't know what he would have been. But I agree with you completely, Dipperstein. I mean, yes, it is interesting to hear him blatantly tell what many of us have already thought, which is that the creative process is flawed. And according to a lot of people, uh, uh, talent there, 
it comes from Vince McMahon. It's his vision. Everyone already thought that. Why do you think everyone who's even a marginally smart wrestling fan says they can't wait for Triple H to take over? It's like the most common thought in the world. Right. So for him to go on and say that on this podcast, can you hear me? By yeah, the way? yeah, you're good now. My signal. You sound awful physically, um, but we hear you. I'm, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm physically congested, like my, like your friend uh, on the other line. Yeah, that's right. SG, um, SUG sounds great today. He does. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know what Dick's talking about. X clear he's, yeah, he's clear no. as SUG. Send him some clarity. He's clear as because you're clear as can be. Yeah, uh, I just don't. It's, there's nothing revelatory that came from it. It was. It sounded just like a guy bemoaning the fact that like they knew that he wasn't mage. I mean, I I don't know what to tell you. You know, he's not the guy winning the Royal Rumble. He's not the guy facing Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. You know, he is, but he wasn't happy know, about like, that. He has a right to. I don't know. I don't know what his right to complain is. Frankly, I just. I think he was given even more more airtime than he even deserved. Oh my! Well, frankly, I, 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 listen. I have to. We have to go now because your voice. You, for future reference, won't want your voice sounding like this on a podcast. I know. I know. I'm you, you're. I You sound like Morris right now. You, uh-huh. I see. Uh, I see. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. All right. Go rest your voice and listen to the podcast. I think you'll enjoy uh, some of the changes. All right. Goodbye. Good night. Good, night, good luck. Shoot. Hashtag. Hashtag what? Hello? Hello? We lost him. Oh, my God. We lost him. One of the worst performances of all time by Dipperstein. Sad that he sounded that way. But he's right about Ambrose, though. Yeah, so, so that was our thing, you know, and SGG, you and I and Dip were kind of on one side of this. Um, it wasn't that it wasn't interesting, and it wasn't that what he said wasn't valid. It was that it wasn't revelatory, that Dip used the exact perfect word, right? It just wasn't a big revelation to find that out. Oh, can you believe this? I have to sit around all day long. And then one guy brings me a script, and then I sit and I wait for Vince, and then Vince comes out. We have all heard this uh, a million times. I'm going to give you a mild spoiler alert, but if you even started the show, it's not a spoiler alert. So uh, you can fast forward 10 seconds if you don't want to hear anything about the show. But shockingly, very early on, Seth Rollins prone by Baron Corbin after beating him, and here comes Brock Lesnar. We'll see if he actually cashes in or he goes... Tuesday, October whatever, I'll see you on the premiere edition of SmackDown Live on Fox. Hopefully he cashes in. Knowing Brock, that's a thing that could happen. So yeah, SUG, you felt the same way. You were not blown away by this interview. Yeah, no, not at all. And I mean, it's like I said in the group chat too. He didn't say anything that... All I heard was a, a former employee airing their grievances with the boss. And to me, it sounded like, you know, based on what he said in these interviews, was that at some point he lost his sway with the company because there are definitely guys who can go in and get the script changed and, you know, they have a little bit more freedom. And at some point he was put on a leash and that's when he became unhappy and that's when he decided to leave. And uh, he feels free now not being on this leash, but at the same time, that's not enough for me to make his grievances my grievances. I don't all of a sudden hate WWE 
because Dean Ambrose um, was unhappy. I, I get it. Tried to make things work. Right, and I, and I, I know get that it. that's how it goes, but it's not enough for me. I, I I totally I totally agree. I get why he found this experience annoying and why he felt relieved to leave. Um, I could see how that would be difficult if you're, you feel you have all these great creative ideas and they're not being used and the ideas that they're using are stupid. Okay. I totally get that. There are other people who find a way to make it work. I'm not saying that it's equal for everyone. I mean, the new day obviously has a lot of input on their creative, right? Right. Like you, you can watch a new day promo and you know, there is not a writer there who has made the wit that uh, Big E, Xavier, and Kofi have. Right. Particularly Xavier, who I think is a lot, my guess is the source of a lot of that really funny stuff. But it could be all of them. They're all they're all uh, funny guys. But So it, it's different for everyone, but that's not enough reason to go, oh, can you believe it? Exactly. Like, and the other thing, too, that, that annoyed me with these interviews was um, it was just a lot of eye-rolling at the writers from Dean Ambrose. Like, oh, they handed me this script and this script sucked and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I know for a fact that WWE has talented writers on staff. Has or had or whatever. I know for a fact that they were there. So his sort of disdain for the writers and what they come up with, I can't buy in on that either. Listen, I don't know if everyone's talented, and I don't know. Listen, we certainly have our reasons to question a lot of things that happen in writing. Yeah. But you can't tell me. I don't know who him what. Well, and are you also, are you better? Well, and are you better than all of them? (laughs) Right. Right. Because so like now we're going to see, you know, I was listening the other day to the new, to JR's podcast with Conrad, uh, Grill and JR, and JR was saying, you know, and now we're, and and now, uh, in AEW, people can come up with their own stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. Talking about how it's good that that they don't have writers, that they can have their own promo. Is that good? We'll no, find I don't out. think so. That is a dangerous game that they're playing, like this vilification of the writers that's going over on uh, on AEW. Because at the very least, right, like when WWE has writers, these writers probably have like backup plans. They have a lot of contingency for where things go. They can pivot. Like when you got a wrestler who's stuck in his ways and is trying to be so committed to seeing a thing through, and then there's a, ro- a whole roster of them. They're going to find out that that's not an easy balance to to maintain. And listen, I'm sure some of the writers are terrible. I'm sure some are really good. And I'm sure more than anything that tons of good stuff gets scrapped by Vince at the last minute. I am sure. You know, but he just didn't drop. It wasn't the CM Punk pipe bomb. Oh, guess what? The CM Punk pipe bomb was a work. We get it. Exactly. That's why it was good. Right. <laughs> That's why it was good. Because it was a work shoot. Those are the best shoots. The worked ones. Just like the Montreal screw job. Just kidding, but I have my doubts. But um <laughs> what are your what are your doubts? I want to hear this. No, I don't know. I, I'm not convinced it's not a that the screw job wasn't a work. I I'm convinced that the screw job was 100% legitimate, but at the same time I'm not going to lie. Um, that dark side of the ring episode that I hate on the screw job, the one thing that they did do when they, uh, they tried out Scott Hall to give his conspiracy theory. And I was like, okay, like 
this is a dude that is making a compelling argument about Brett being yeah. on it. When he talks well, about um just the camera angles and like Vince being in TV his whole life and how everything that you would not want to be seen is caught on camera for some reason. Yep. I thought that was very compelling too. And also, I mean, the one argument, because I've heard people argue this. I remember the first time a wrestler said this to me at an indie show like 10 years ago. They're like, it's a work, bro. And that's when I realized that there are like a lot of super smart marks who think that it's a work. And I was like, I didn't even know people thought the screw job was a work. Um, the most compelling piece about it to me is that who would be more likely to pull off a 20 year work than the two biggest marks of all time? Vince McMahon and Bret Hart. And Bret Hart. <laughs> this is true. I mean, this no one true. loves, no one loves the wrestling business more than Vince McMahon and Bret Hart. So if any pair of people could say, Hey, if we're going to end this, let's do something insane. Uh, it would be them. And, and Brett that. talks about like working his family. Like he comes from a family of wrestlers and he talks about during his feud with him and Owen, them working their, working the boys, working their family, working everybody. So if they, if you could go to those lengths, I mean, that's another argument for it being. Being a work, I, I don't buy it, but I, those are I gotta acknowledge strong arguments on the other side, and those are two of them right there. Another quick update, by the way, uh, if you don't want to hear anything about the Super Show, fast forward ten seconds. Yeah, Brock has a failed, uh, doesn't end up cashing in. So so far, he still has not cashed in, which worries me about Kofi later on. Oh no, they can't. Oh no, why? Uh, I don't oh, even want to think God. about it. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh my goodness! And you know what's uh, messed up too? They got that Africa trip out the way, so I mean, yep, he went the to PR already. is locked up. They, they got the video packages for the rest of their life, forever and all time. We went to Africa with a black champion. It was amazing. He was born in Ghana, and the show must go it. on. Now, Greg, <laughs> yeah. I, I would say this is the most compelling match tonight. Maybe Andrade and Finn Balor. That's right. Agreed. Uh, although Andrade without Zelina Vega, that's weird. Renee's there. Other wrestlers oh, are there. Zelina They're just Vega. backstage. She can't go like covered up. That's so yeah, that weird. Is, He's always with is, Zelina Vega. That is weird to me. That that makes me wonder how hard they had to fight to just get Renee at the announce table. If they don't want Zelina Vega, just outside i don't yeah i i don't know the rules and it's that's very they're showing what happened on smackdown which of course she was a major part of so very interesting but, but yes the the interesting thing about this match though is that it's demon balor and not finn um well that, that's because i don't know if you know this this show is uh wrestlemania or wrestlemania equivalent right and we need Demon at the WrestleMania equivalent show. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. So, here he comes. Get ready for the Demon. I've heard the Demon's very popular in Saudi Arabia. Um, also, before we go too long, I really have to, um, I really have to mention how nice the emails over the last couple of weeks have been. 
Have you been looking at the mailbag, SGG? I have. I have a lot of supportive email. I want to thank everybody who congratulated me on my engagement. And uh, yep. I know you're going to get to this too, but I also just want to throw my two cents in and thank everybody who was really supportive and wanted us to stay. Um, it was inspiring, right? You got some inspiration. It was. It was, it was touching. I like a delicious chicken. So, so yeah, we got a lot of that. a lot of people here who are excited about the shoot era. Um, all hail the shoot era, says Asif Doha. Very excited about the shoot era. In honor of this, any chance we you can collaborate on the re, you can elaborate on the reasons behind the network's canceling of Bring It to the Table. Also, have you had any discussions about creating a similar type show for AEW? Take it easy, man. Asif. No, I've not talked to AEW at all. Um, and bring it to the table. I, I don't really exactly know, but I know that it, I know that things appeared to go downhill after um there was all that BS backlash for JBL. In my opinion, and that was a great example of a time when everyone thought I was being a shill and I was just telling the truth. Right. No one accepted. That JBL could be a good guy. You're all th- that crowd. I'm sorry, pardon me. You're such bleeping marks that you literally believe that the character who was a racist, xenophobic, multi multi millionaire who hated Eddie Guerrero had to be the same guy who bullied Mauro Ronaldo. It's a work, bro. And the Miz thing, too. I mean, that getting worked into what the Miz mythology, yeah. The and that's the not ADL. true. Yeah, I don't even yeah. think we can say who it was. I don't think it's it w- been said here. But that's not that's not JB. That wasn't was JBL. And 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 by the way, I'm not saying JBL wasn't a legitimate tough guy who probably did you know took some liberties in the ring with guys who he thought he should at times. And I said this back in the day. You guys want the business to be so tough. Then you hear about guys who are tough guys and you make them evil bullies. My experience with JBL is he's the best. Is it, When I first met him, did he poke at me and, you know, my first couple of times working kind of tease and make it hard to work? Yes. And then he's a great guy. And the idea of him bullying Morrow because we made a he made a joke on the air about Morrow putting himself over on Twitter and people thinking that was enough to lead to all of Morrow's problems, guys. So I already said that all once that I thought that was part of you know the reason bring it to the table suffered was because people really turned on JBL because people are morons. I'm sorry, that's the truth. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow baby. So I don't know much more about it besides that, though. I know it's done better than a lot of other shows that have existed on the network, but we never came back. So, and it was, it was more tough. popular too. It was it was tough too. Like, um, it was challenging on that show trying to hit really hard and also work within the confines of the company. You know, we had stuff. We had great. We had great stories. We can sometimes. They were like, "This is too much." You know, we would record. I, I something find that and be so like, hard to believe because I feel like you guys really. Um, you got close to that line, like yeah, it was a WWE show, but it felt it felt like you guys had freedom to say what you really thought, first of all, and 
I thought you guys touched on a lot of the topics that people sort of wanted you to touch on. So uh, even me, I might have to hit you on the side privately to find out what some of those that didn't make it. Cause I feel like uh, on every issue you went there. Yeah, no, no, we went there a bunch of times. We just wanted to go there even more. We wanted to really go in, you know, we really did. Um, but it was a lot of fun and I thought the show was pretty dope if I do say so myself, but, um, so I appreciate that. But yeah, I appreciate all the different messages we got from a, a variety of people. Um, SGG, did anything big happen outside the ring this week that we didn't talk about? Well, we spoke about, um, Moxley on the podcast, but we didn't mention that he won New Japan, uh, New Japan's US title. I think it was a day ago or two days ago. So he is now the current reigning U.S. champion at New Japan. Uh, on the way to the Saudi show, R-Truth lost the 24-7 title. No. And then won it back on the airplane. Uh, oh, he, he won pinned, it back on the airplane. He won it back on the airplane. He pinned Jinder while Jinder was asleep. And then people around like noticed what happened and they chased them through the airplane. Um he, he might he might be the champion right now. He might not. I don't know what else happened on that airplane, but uh, that was the status of the twenty four seven championship. Last I checked, and then Bully Ray. Yeah, what's the story with an, Bully Ray? Had an incident with a fan. Was Bully Ray taking um, the, the shoot arrow too far? I think he did take the shoot arrow a little a little bit too far. There was a Twitter user who um, he posted a long thread. And basically the essence of the thread was that he, he was at a Ring of Honor show and, um, Allure, the faction Allure came out, which I think is Velvet Sky, Mandy Leon, and somebody else. I'm not remembering the name. Um, but they were out and he exchanged some words with, with the group. And because they're bad guys, he felt like he was within his, his, you know, right as a fan to sort of heckle the bad guys. Um, Mandy Leon, he says Mandy Leon spit on him and he exchanged some words with Velvet Sky. So in that exchange, she calls him a virgin. And then he responds to her that, you know, you're with Bully Ray, so you got no right to talk about me. And he's thinking that this is just like some of the friendly back and forth between, you know, like part of the show, wrestlers heckling. He gets tapped on the shoulder, brought to the back by security. And then he's left in a room. And this is all according to this user. He's left in a room now with Bully Ray. And Bully Ray is just like dressing him down. He's like, you know, you need to treat these women with respect. Don't talk to them like you wouldn't talk to your mother. You got it. You understand like really sort of threatening them. And then because this person has some good sense, he's very agreeable, goes back and enjoys the rest of the show. And um, now it seems that the... That doesn't sound that bad. Investigating the incident. Not so, that so, bad, but at the same time, I mean, you sort of don't want to set that precedent that, you know, fans can't heckle the show. Because I feel like wrestlers have carte blanche with fans as long as they don't put their hands on anybody. So as long as words no, are exchanged. I, 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 I agree. I agree. Any exchange should be fair game in wrestling. But when I yeah. saw it, it sounded like Bully Ray had really done something bad. And that is not the case. Not, I mean, depend on who you ask. I mean, first of all, he dragged them out of the show. So even if, even if you don't characterize what happened between the two of them in the room as being that bad, you know, he caused the good pay the ticket to get, not to get dragged backstage and spend 
15 minutes or half an hour or whatever it was. I don't know. I'd, I'd be kind of honored security. to be, I'd kind of be honored to be dressed down by Bully Ray for 15 minutes. So, so, <laughs> so you're, you're complaining because Bully Ray cut a promo on you? I think that sounds fire. <laughs> baby, baby, but we also don't know, like, did the, did the fan crap his pants? How did he take this? We don't know, well, but no. we do know that Ring of Honor is, is investigating the incident. Um, because they, as a company, don't feel like this is in line with with their values. Okay. All right, that was a lot less than I thought it was. I, it's weird. Don't get me wrong, it's a weird story, but it's not the worst thing I've ever heard. SGG, do you have Black Power rankings this week? Of course. Because it's been a long time. People were starting to worry. Now, in at number three. Wait! Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. Alright, what do you got? Oh, I got a little ahead of myself, first of all, but now that I'm back on track, I'm, I'm black and I'm back and I'm here with number three. It's going to Kofi Kingston. Um, for that trip to, to Ghana, West Africa, I believe it was his first time that was being awesome. back there since, since the early nineties and just m- to m- see, m- Midge. just to see the reception that he got and uh, the reach that WWE has uh, on the continent of Africa, I think for me was just incredible. And, um, I always said too, you know, they talk about WWE expanding into all these continents. You have the UK performance center that's sort of like a hub in Europe. And I, it gives me hope that, you know, one day they would get one in, uh, in Japan and start to cultivate some of the wrestlers of tomorrow from, from Africa to follow in Kofi's footsteps. So seeing that, that's bringing him in at number three. Uh, and at number two, I gotta give it to our truth, and I can't believe I'm doing this, but I really wow. am. I'm really m- m- enjoying. M- Mage. I'm really enjoying the 24/7 championship, and he's the king of the 24/7 title. I mean, from him losing the title and getting it back on the golf course to him, you by know, the, hiding my under own, the ring. I, my only, my only complaint about the golf course thing is, can they stop just having it be a roll up? You can't just roll up over and over again. Why in a 24/7 match is the roll up impossible to get out of? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that is true. The actual finishing maneuver could be switched up a little bit, but I mean, he's making this title mage. Him hiding under the ring on Monday, um, when Cesaro pulls out a table to just find our truth laying there with the title, to him winning it back under the ring on Tuesday, and WWE they sort of tweeted out some uh, surveillance footage, I guess you could call it, of what happened under the ring and. Like they had a full on match under the ring that you couldn't see on Tuesday, but they have footage of it that I'm sure is going to air at some point. Uh, that's pretty cool. And I, I'm just, I'm, I'm loving this run. I'm loving this title. I thought I was going to hate it. I thought I was going to hate the idea of it and everything. And it just goes to show it is what these people make it. You know, the, the man makes the title and our truth is making this championship. And in the number one, I agree with you, by the way. I didn't think I'd be into it at all. And our truth is making it kind of match. Yeah. And in the number one, uh, this is unprecedented. I'm going to put a show in a number one because I, I couldn't just choose one person. And um, this is going to NXT TakeOver 25 in a number one on the Black Power Rankings. Um, 
from the street uh, profits. Yeah. That's right. Finally. Major. The street profits and their first takeover, they climbed the mountaintop, um, literally and figuratively, to come away with the NXT Tag Team Championships. I was so happy. And then you got Velveteen Dream. The Dream. Out there defending. The Velveteen Dream, baby. If you will. With another win. So good. So talented. It was. It was so good. That impression is so good, too. It was, it was like a great match with Tyler Breeze. It showed you why Tyler Breeze is, is with the company. It shows you the talent that he has, but it also shows you why yeah, Velveteen Dream is, is the champion. And then yep. Adam Cole walks out to the ring with, uh, I believe his name is Josiah Williams, wrestling mm-hmm. flow. He gets wrapped down to the ring by with Adam Cole, and I mean, top to so bottom, this this was just the blackest takeover. Well, you know what? The only thing it lacked was a big Bianca Belair win. But you're right; you make a great point. Yeah, it, it, I mean, Bianca Belair in the women's championship would have been like that. Would have set it over the top. This this was the blackest takeover, and and the matches delivered. It didn't get it didn't suffer in quality at all. Like these matches were. All great from beginning to end, and uh, nope. for that, NXT Takeover Twenty Five is coming in at number one on the Black Power Rankings. I was so happy. Yeah, no, they 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 do the takeovers right, man. They do the takeovers right. They're like the opposite of a WrestleMania: short, sweet, and really, really impactful. Um, SGG, we got to get out of here. I got to go do the Michael K show. Shout out to RJ. Shout out to Kyrie. Shout out to USGG, the entire Jew World Order. Of course, EJ Ruby, who's made us those great theme songs. Everyone who emails us at uh, RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. Morris, of course, for our beautiful new uh, voice work. And SGG, do me a favor this weekend. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. Take it easy, P. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left, the majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Greg. Redheart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mage.